0: WWE is poised
1: to take over. This is NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way. Uh, guys, can you give me two seconds? This is really unfortunate timing, and I can't believe I've got to do this. He's and going this is- for a shit. I've got to go for a shit really quickly. I'm sorry. It's its not going to be a 45 minute, I think. I'll be
2: real quick. That's all right. Oh, is he not taking his laptop yeah, in this, with him?
1: This is going to be the most stressful shit I've ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be timing me.
2: Okay, come yeah. on. Oh, and we'll yeah. see how long it takes him. I did wonder what was going on. I could just see this panic. <laughs> did, did you just celebrate with your can? No, with my uh,
3: cu- te- cup of
2: tea. Oh, uh, well, you actually finished it. <laughs> yeah.
3: That's
2: oh, what yeah. I do after everyone, just to celebrate. <laughs> no, just
3: acknowledge that it happened, it was here, and it's gone now.
2: Do you ever kiss the cup?
3: No, that's just silly. Don't be so fucking stupid.
2: A few
1: minutes later.
2: Oh, I'll tell you, bloody heck.
3: Sweating <laughs>
2: Sweating <laughs> that, that, that was two and a half
1: minutes Yeah there's, to be honest there's more to come I just had to get the You know the initial yeah. onslaught out of the way And I'll have to take care of the rest later it, oh. it was so fast I'm not convinced he wiped It was uh, honest, <laughs> Funnily enough I actually probably spent more time Wiping than I did actually shitting That's the old job. a fucking state down there
2: Yes
3: I can well imagine Let's um Let's not try and. Uh, you're not... in
2: his anus.
3: Let's not linger on this for too long. It's horrible. And welcome to the Random Wrestling Review. I'm Ben Spindler and today we take another dip into NXT. So soon after the last one, this time going back to NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way. We, however, have fallen one short as this review will consist of merely a triple threat, as I am joined by two gentlemen who have gaffer-taped their unmentionables to the table for another round of trying not to fidget too much, lest tears be brought to their eyes. Firstly, he's the styling, profiling, limousine-riding, jet-flying, kiss stealing, wheelin' and dealing son-of-a-gun, Old man Sam Kerry, how are you?
2: Old Yellow! You call me Old Yellow! I'll come for you, Michaels! I'm good, thank you. Like a dormant volcano, I'm always at risk of exploding at any time, but all things considered and the risk factor, I'm excellent, thank you.
3: Isn't a dormant volcano not at risk of exploding any time?
2: That's what they always think, and then they explode.
3: And also we have today, he's a bitch, he's a lover, he's a child and a mother, he's a sinner and a saint, he doesn't feel ashamed, he's your hell and your dreams, but nothing in between, you know you wouldn't want it any other way, Tom Smith.
1: Wow,
2: look at that, where where has that come from? I think I may have
3: mixed up my wrestling promos with pop songs from the 1990s.
2: That's Meredith Brooks, bitch, that is. (laughs) It is bitch. You're absolutely right, bitch. It is. I I like
1: the idea because Old Man, obviously, his nickname's Old Man. And if you haven't realised that yet, then (laughs) I don't know what you're listening to. But (laughs) he does yell a lot. So he could be Old
2: Yeller, generally. Yes. Oh, oh, that's lovely. Please don't take me around the back and shoot me, though.
3: (laughs) I thought that was going somewhere else, that sentence, for a second.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Please don't take me around the back. Fuck me and then shoot me. (laughs) <laughs> Please don't shoot your load in my ass. That's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> no one can make that promise.
3: <laughs> it's a funny one, isn't it? The, the word bitch is being used a lot in pro wrestling at the moment. I'm sure bitch. It it tends to be I know that Roman Reigns about it. I know Roman Reigns likes to talk about it. But also like it's all over the place the word bitch is is it's coming back in a big way in pro wrestling.
1: Is it weird? Considering um pro wrestling is kind of history with I don't realize we we're going down this rabbit hole, but with history, with misogyny, and uh, and what have you. I mean, do you think you think of the fact that um China being blackballed by the WWE for being in sex tapes, whereas obviously the the man who was in the sex tape happens to be best friends with with the uh, with the CEO's son, so he gets brought out at every appearance, and the Stone Cold Steve Austin, the rest of it, who we all love, has been uh been brought on uh, been charged with uh domestic abuse uh related crimes. WWE's got a pretty checkered history with its misogyny and maybe the use of bringing the word bitch back is maybe not the best look for it. Let's be honest.
2: now the reason why Xbox done. The reason why Stone Cold has is because he made them so much money they can't platform him because he'll just keep making the money. Whereas China, they'd throw into... There, there was no money in China.
3: You can follow all of this madness uh, from the Random Wrestling Review in between episodes as well on our social media channels at UK. That's the place to go on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram.
2: Are we talking about madness? It sucks.
3: Yes, that's who we're talking
2: about. Don't want any madness stuff posted on that because I fucking hate madness. Unless there's macho madness.
1: Why do you hate Ollie? madness, old man? Yeah.
2: They're crap. No. They're like
1: one, a, step, one Step Beyond magnificent. <laughs>
2: I, no, they've never done anything
3: for me. Our House is my favourite Madness one.
1: I saw Madness at Glastonbury once, and I must admit, it was incredibly fun. Um, a lot
2: of fun. Right, that double-team movie, this is a classic triple threat, isn't it? The two heels <laughs> are working over the baby face.
1: Well, in, in, the, in what the world, old
2: wrinkly face say, in, what, in what world do you think you're the baby face
3: in this, in this <laughs> just, uh, the only way you could be the baby face is if you put your head down and bow and then you've got the nice smooth bit in front of us that's the only way you could be a baby face I <laughs> can't <laughs>
2: <Okay, no. laughs> <laughs> uh to be fair, I can not get mad at that because you enjoyed it so much, TG. <laughs> <laughs> I did, it was great. It
3: was really fun. Um so we are talking about NXT Takeover, Fatal Four Way, today. And um yeah, it's in Full Sail University, which is in stark contrast to where we were the last time we were with NXT, uh being that they were in the uh Barclay Center uh in New York. This time, as I say, Full Sail University. Very much in phase one of NXT, if we're going Mm. by our phases that we've kind of allocated. Of course, our phases completely ignore the whole NXT style reality type TV tough enough style thing that it started off as. We're ignoring that. This is phase one. Um, And what were our expectations going into this show? Why don't we start with you, Tom? What were your expectations?
1: Uh, Yeah, I've definitely seen this um, because this would have been... At a time probably not long after i'd got network and realized that what nxt was and had um and ha- was watching the the um the, the pay-per-views uh like regularly i couldn't remember exactly who was in the fatal four way and when i realized who was i was a little bit surprised because i kind of i obviously thought this was maybe later on in nxt this is kind of before they've started bringing in all of these indie wrestlers so i i was quite looking forward to it um but I was I was very interested to see who else was on the card, and it's something we'll get into a little bit later because it's before they bring in all of these all these indie stars and become into what we've affectionately titled Phase Two. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, so I was interested to see who was on there and kind of where they are, and then kind of reflect on where they are now and what's happened to them since this this um, WWE Network event, I believe they called them at the time, uh, where the people who were on there and what's
2: kind of ha- what's become of them as a result. Um. I didn't really have a clue, to be honest. It's Nxt 2014. I a bit like Tommy. That like, I didn't really have a clue who'd be on the card or whatever. I was looking forward to it because it was 2014 Nxt. it some like I wasn't watching it at all at this point. I'm not actually even sure I was watching wrestling in 2014. But yeah, I was looking forward to it. But like you would a nice shower after a particularly vigorous wank.
3: Yes, I re- I was expecting something decent but not not mind-blowing here. That's what I was expecting because this is very much as we said phase 1 of NXT in terms of it was actually I think trying to be the development territory that we talked about last time that maybe mm-hmm. WWE is trying to aim for again now with their new look NXT, which is, you know, you can see as we go through the show and we'll touch upon it as we go through that they are trying to prepare acts for the main roster here. This is, And as Tom said, they don't they're not, they've not become completely full up with all of these indie wrestlers or, or, you know, various well-known wrestlers from around the world at this time. It's very much about some guys that they specifically are trying to prepare for the main roster. So I was expecting yeah. something decent, but nothing massively mind-blowing.
2: So the best mindset when you've got a settle in, is it? And you know you've got to watch it. And it's only you're a couple like, of hours,
3: though. Only a couple of hours. It, you know, it, wasn't, it wasn't one of the big three-hour yeah. things. It certainly wasn't nah. SummerSlam, for example, which was four hours, which yeah. is why I barely paid any attention to it.
2: Well, I'm glad you were masturbating. You, t- you said that, didn't you? In our group chat, you said SummerSlam, more like slam. <laughs> as it as you put it dirty sod
3: so yes we then <laughs> i'm trying to bring past it as best i can <laughs> so the commentary for the show is from tom phillips renee young and byron saxton another unique commentary team we haven't seen before on the show what was our thoughts on the commentary team
2: uh, i personally i thought it was terrible well renee Yi, i don't know how long she had been doing commentary i remember hearing her on because she was fine or more she's not good here tommy p and sexy saxton both of whom are like tommy p i'm a big fan of they're not very good either and you i actually had this notice down and you said about the wrestlers it feels like the development territory that's what it felt like for these commentators as well is it was like let's get them on something and they can do that and then we'll see how they get on and they all did all right out of it it's like sexy Saxton still on still on raw i think um, watched it for weeks but yeah and obviously tommy p's left and really a used left but yeah i thought it was bloody awful to be honest so tom you didn't feel the same way i did think it was great but i didn't think it was bad
1: uh, i've heard much worse <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah. you know um i i did i did think there was there's was a few bits where they seemed to be too focused on having little arguments about it like whereas obviously like byron saxton for example doesn't quite understand the nuance of being like a, a heel comes there, which is kind of the role he's casting in this one and Rene young's role is a bit confused in it as as well but i did again like, if you think about it in, in the terms of it being the de- part of a developmental territory it's like yeah you know let them cut their teeth in this oh. uh, i did i didn't think it was brilliant but i didn't think it was particularly bad
3: either no yeah, i didn't mind them i thought they were okay but i do also understand like the roles are a bit strange renee young trying to be kind of part baby face part heel almost at times uh and byron saxton just doesn't quite fit the heel color the color commentator i'm afraid he's not but, really got that he's, he's too likable i think is probably yeah, the problem he's but, just too likable for it he's too bland
1: that's the thing yeah, like and yeah. that's what they want in their commentators but they want them in a bland role they don't want them to He's probably a lovely bloke but he doesn't have that much personality on the microphone and therefore everything that he says when it comes to defending the heels feels a little bit forced yeah yeah
3: Yeah, I think that's a fair way of looking at it.
2: I think forced is how I would have described it. I think it's particularly noticeable in when we'll get to it. There's a midsection on the card where I think the in-ring stuff didn't get me very excited. And I think I was paying more attention to the commentators. And I think the confused element was definitely what hit home and then i couldn't get out of my head
3: so the first match of the night is for the nxt tag team titles it sees the lucha dragons against the ascension who are the champions it goes for just under eight minutes and it ends when um Kalisto pins connor after the salita del sol old man thoughts on this match
2: i thought this was really good this was just this was what i would have expected this to kind of be the ascension great music Just great music that just fits them. They've got a little bit of character about them. A little bit. And I kind of do not really understand why they faltered so badly when they were brought up to the main roster. Because they're they're a perfectly fine tag team. But from memory, they kind of got brought up and then they were forgotten about which would become a theme for people coming up from NXT. And the Lucha lads are great. I mean, how they fucked up with them, I don't understand, because that's really good. Like, in the actual match itself, the sequence for the Callisto hot tag is tremendous stuff. Just absolutely true It's just really good tag team wrestling. Starts off a bit slow, where the Ascension are kind of having a little dominate of Sincara. And then the hot tag that you're waiting for happens, and after that in particular, it's Really, really good stuff. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I wanted more of this kind of stuff, and this was what I was hoping the rest of the card would be like, and we'll see what happens with that wish.
1: Tom? Um, yeah, similar. I, I really enjoyed the match. Um, there's a couple of things I've kind of noted about. It. So I've said this before, but Sin Cara's inability to, to do the lucha, lucha <laughs> chant in time <laughs> with Kalista will never never cease to have... He doesn't know what's going on. It's amazing. But in terms of Sin Cara, I think this is probably... The best I've ever seen him, which he looks in shape. He's hitting the ropes with gusto. His selling's really good. His offense is really good. It's the, it was the most I, I've always been very underwhelmed by Sin Cara, and I think he's very good in this. And I know, there was a different, I know there's been multiple different people. And the first one was Mystico, I believe, who was yeah. originally brought in to be Sin Cara. And by all accounts, he probably would have been a lot better than whoever this chap is who plays Sin Cara at this point. But I don't remember ever seeing the other, the other guy, if I'm being honest, or at least nothing to, that nothing that, that that stood out to me. So I, I thought that was really good. Um, like you said, the the um the, the hot tag is great. I, I really like the, I really like both of their entrances as well. They're really like unique. I love the the Looter Dragons. Their trampoline entrance over into the top roof, and the, the way they kind of position the camera when they do it, it's really cool. And the same thing with the Ascension, because it is like they're ascending from somewhere when they come in. Even though I don't think they're Coming up through the stage, I think just the way the camera moves and the smoke and mm. kind everything of just always looks really cool. And like you said, old man, paired with that with that music is is really really good. Just a fun just a fun tag team match. Again, we're not getting into the realm of these great tag team matches that like we discussed on the on the previous uh, NXT show that that we're gonna get, but it was very good, a very fun opening match. There was a spot after the hot tag that I really enjoyed, which is when. Sinkara Cara does a suicide dive through between the bottom and the medium rope, which whilst uh is holding it open, just a little spot that I don't mm-hmm. think I'd, I can recall seeing before, which I quite liked. And also, it's also worth bearing in mind that according to commentary, that at the previous NXT uh, pay per view, which I believe was Arrival or the previous Takeover, that the Ascension beat too cool. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> so it's like wow. Yeah. But yeah, overall, thoroughly
3: enjoyed this match. Good opener. Yeah, it is it? It is a fun little match, definitely. Yeah, it was at the. It wasn't at the previous takeover. It was at the first one, the arrival show that mm. they fought to call. This is the second proper takeover, as Tom, you should know very well now, mm. given the quiz annoyance that, that you had some weeks ago <laughs> the
1: one that fucked me yeah i remember that
3: that's right that one yeah absolutely <laughs> so the ascension first of all you talked about the ascension a moment ago i agree i don't really know how they failed so badly when they got there they just jobbed them out that was the weird yeah. thing they just almost instantly jobbed them out to everybody and that was obviously the opposite of what you need to do with these fellas because they're in there to just beat people aren't they they're there they're, yeah. i mean everyone was saying this is the modern version of the legion of doom or an attempt to do the Legion of Doom again, or, if you like, an attempt to do the Powers of Pain again, maybe. So if you're going to do that, they've got to come in and beat people and beat them quickly and get in, get out, and be done. That's what they were doing on NXT week after week, and they were over as a consequence. And this is perhaps where I can understand people being concerned about WWE's new direction for NXT, because for me, as we said at the start, like I think this is the kind of thing that WWE will be looking for from NXT in the future because throughout the show we're seeing people that do appear to be being built in order to then provide to the main roster and the ascension it's a classic case here two relatively big guys who come in quite dominant haven't got this you know this really storied history of working in the independence or whatever they've been entirely almost crafted by wwe's training system itself and they've got a gimmick that's over and they've put them into the main roster and then it's not worked out and so it feels like they're going to even, you know, they've had the problems with the indie guys, now, but even if you look this far back, they had the problems with the guys that weren't the indie guys as well, so
2: you
3: you know, you do start to worry about that. In terms of the Lucha Dragons, obviously they were desperate to make Kalisto their kind of new Rey Mysterio, I think that was the problem, is that they were so eager to make him, basically, the next Rey Mysterio, whereas they could have just left them as a tag team for plenty of time, and, you know, had them do this, regardless of of what Rey Mysterio was up to. And yeah, Sin so this is the second Sinkara. There's only two Sinkaras in the WWE, but there was the first one, which was Misko, and then this is the second one that has kind of been repackaged. I think he was on the main roster as Hunico for a bit as well, this guy who's in the, under the mask of Sinkara now. So, yeah, decent little match. I did enjoy that thing that you pointed out, Tom, where Kalisto holds the ropes open for Sinkara. That was a quality little dive. And, yeah, just a fun, fast-paced first match of the night, which the Lucha Dragons win and become the new champions, and it does appear, as I say, that at this point that they are preparing to push the Ascension up to the main roster, and it looks like at this point that they could be quite a big deal. Unfortunately, mm. they end up not <laughs> being <laughs> not being the case.
2: Yeah, it's just a bit sad. That's what I thought when I finished, work cause I will cover this later, but four guys are on a lovely little match. Like you said, Tinky, this is the kind of thing I think that, like WWE, are missing tag teams. I made it to seven years ago, so a lot of stuff happens between now and then. But none of these guys are with the company anymore. And they tried with Kalisto. I know Kalisto had that little program with Ryback. Right but apart from that, it was like little bitty stuff. They just didn't really do anything, did they? No. Is Kalisto really? not there anymore? No. Now he got bombed out. Cause I had to check. He was the one I had to check from this. Got bombed out in April. Happy Easter. <laughs> Have your <reckon>? egg fuck off. Ah, you're good. Go <laughs> off and shag your bunny, you prick.
3: I tell you what, you can give up wrestling for Lent, that's what you can do.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what it said on the termination letter. <laughs> it, it, give it up for Lent. But make sure Len lasts
3: last 90 days. So um, after the match, Renee Young interviews the Lucha Dragons and they say it feels incredible to beat the longest champions in NXT history. And the future starts now. This is perhaps my biggest issue with the commentary. And I'm pretty certain it's not their choice to say this. But they talk about NXT history so often during the show. And I'm yeah. like, you've got at most you can claim to have about four years of history. But in truth, let's be honest, you've got about a year like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Ridiculous.
1: It was a bit like that. I remember when I went to, um when I was travelling, <laughs> and um I went to, we went to Portland, and uh we, me and my wife did a, did a tour, like a walking tour of Portland in Oregon, and they're like, this is Portland's oldest building. It's 100 years old. And you're like, <laughs> you know, fucking all right, Jesus. <laughs> my house is probably 100 years old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not quite that, but it was like that. They were like, wow, that building's 100 years old. Fuck me. <laughs> the ancient it's like stonehenge
3: <laughs> how did they move such massive massive
1: rocks <laughs> they had whip sticking, big whips uh, let see <laughs> um they uh I was lots of uh, lots of druids in um in uh portland oh no i mean homeless people lots of homeless people
3: uh, anyway then we get tom phillips do it, doing your thoughts and prayers um oh, mentioning oh, weird, weird for the people affected by 9-11 that happened 13 years prior to this show and of course as this goes out will be very very soon the anniversary the 20th year anniversary
1: what was weird about this i i feel like you know if you're having an event if it was on if it was in fact on that date i'm not sure you know it's good to acknowledge it but what is weird is i was expecting some kind of you know video package or tribute not just the three of them staring awkwardly into the camera
2: for a little bit too long they do this again later on as well the lingering stare what I didn't understand is that they are having a laugh about something and then Tom Phillips goes blah 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 blah, 9-11 people dead and it's like you've changed tack too soon it's kind of like me when I get really angry about something and then go anyway it's a bit like that but less sexy and more
3: death It's like when you go, this is fucking rubbish It's so shit, oh, I can't believe how fucking crap it was Anyway, it was alright But um... <laughs> Yeah, so this was on the 11th of September Or as Stuart Lee likes to say um, The 9th of November There are dates, we'll take them back, thank you very
1: much
3: <laughs> So We get then a video package featuring uh,
1: Neville A video what? A package? <laughs> a, video,
3: a video fuckage <laughs> <laughs> they so then we get a video package featuring adrian neville talking about his title reign um he's wearing another polo shirt in this fucking video loves Loves, it
1: little mob prick (laughs) (laughs)
3: um and then we see neville warming up backstage about an hour and a half before his match i I hate to tell him but he's gonna need to do that again later on
1: (laughs) <laughs> the um the thing that i find i do you not know, i actually we, i thought to myself i watched it and i quite like the fact that it kind of showed his story and his slight healy tendencies when it comes to retaining his title which i quite liked and i was like oh hmm. adrian
2: adrian i thought to myself what, what will come of you adrian i like this but a bit like you just said tommy he's a heel in this he's a dirty geordie heel hey i'm gonna come for you if if you want me tight and i love you I love your eyes, you bastard. <laughs> and then and then we'll go down Shearer's bar and we'll get pissed on Newty Brown. It's not good Shearers anyway, mate. It's good number nines. Oh that's it. Number nine. So that's Callum Wilson's. <laughs> and obviously previously Joel Linton's.
3: I think there's a great Steve Bruce impression in you, old man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Apparently on the weekend, the uh the ball went to him and he was gonna throw it back. <laughs> For a frame kick, and he got booed by everyone. <laughs> 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 Poor cunt. He's just trying to do a good job. All he wants to do is wear ill-fitting polo shirts. Yeah, a bit That's like Adrian <laughs> <laughs> It's a Jordy thing.
3: So match number two sees CJ Parker against Baron Corbin in a match that lasts 30 seconds. Corbin hits a stiff clothesline and then the end of days and pins Parker to win this one. Tom, your thoughts on this epic
1: encounter? <laughs> well, wow, to be honest, this is six stars in the two cube game. if there a was one as <laughs> well. I mean, it, it's really weird because first, first, start It's heel versus heel, which is weird. And also, how is how is CJ Parker a Because <laughs> he's like, he's like Joe, you know our planet's fucked. We're, we're going to end up in a dystopian wasteland, lads, and let me do something. We're fucked. Boo, fuck off. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, is trying to do the right thing. I, I don't really have any thoughts on this, because obviously they say that it's uh, Barry Corbin's debut, don't they? And uh, and th- that's about it. He just basically hits the, what's it, deep six, whatever it is. I don't even know if they call it that in this match. And that's the end of the match and it's there's nothing to it. It's really, really weird. And also, especially weird, by the fact that Barry Corbin's got the old jobber entrance at the beginning. Don't even have yeah. an entrance. He just comes out at CG Park. He takes ages coming out with his little sign. And then uh, this gets beaten in 30 seconds. Then Baron Corbin walks off with
2: his insanely heavy music on the way. Yeah. It's very weird. When they said it was his debut and he'd got the jobber's entrance, I was a bit like, that's bloody weird, isn't it? i, I tell you what you can tell, though. It's Corbin, lad. Not only is he destined for the top, He is desperate for a haircut because his hair is Shawn Michaels and me-esque. It's like me coming out of the water in in Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, (laughs) beautiful stuff. This is the first bit of good commentary we've had. Obviously, there was the 9-11 tribute, which is a great bit of commentary. But old Renee Yee says that Barry Corbin has left CJ Parker a big pile of dreadlocks in the rain. (laughs) (laughs) And when when Renee said that, I thought... Thus come from her. Let them be themselves, and I thought maybe they're gonna they're gonna turn the screw in some way and start to add some more personality to this commentary. They don't. No,
3: this is, but, a, this is where some of those forced lines come in because you've got the stuff about, you know, what's his name, <laughs> C J Parker being a, you know, a hippie or whatever they call him. They're talking about the fact that he wants to save the planet. <laughs> what fucking idiot. <laughs> So, well, given given the reaction he gets here, I guess he is a bit of an idiot for trying, quite frankly. You know, fucking find them. We'll all die. I don't care. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, and that's it. And unfortunately, he does get killed in 30 seconds.
3: It does. Which yeah. is a
2: bit quicker than the planet, but not that. In the grand scheme of time...
3: CJ Parker, of course, is Juice Robinson, who would go on Mm -hmm. to have a relatively decent career in Japan and work for New Japan for many years now, in fact. So he's not doing too bad for himself, in fairness, or CJ Parker, but he's some way off this at this point.
2: I'd imagine that he still looks back at this and goes, you know what, Getting beat by that young upstart Barry Corbin. That was me match. That was me match. That's the match that made me. (laughs) To be fair, he's only 32 years old, Is young Juice Robinson. So I'm not giving up on a uh,
1: return for CJ Parker back up to the main roster.
3: And
1: then
2: yeah. buried out in six months. <laughs> yeah.
3: He would have been a good foil for Daniel Bryan when Daniel Bryan was doing his uh, Save the Planet stick a few years back.
2: I'm not sure foil is the right term because that doesn't decompose very well. So they wouldn't have wanted that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that would have been a brilliant bit of, of commentary had uh, Daniel Bryan been on commentary. Mm. They could have done a compost and a pole match. <laughs> 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 so next up, Tyson Kidd gets his chance to talk about the main event and his opponents for the match. He talks about one of them being the best aerial wrestlers in the world. He talks about another one being one of the most arrogant wrestlers in the world. And he talks about another one being one of the most, uh, the best recognised wrestlers in the world. And then he says, "And I've also got three opponents," which I thought was yeah. very, very good. This was the best. This was really good. I really enjoyed this because I, yeah, I he did genuinely take me by surprise because I wasn't sure if Tyson Kidd was a babyface or a heel. So as he was going through, I was like, "Oh, okay, this is this is interesting. What's he? Uh, where's he going with this?" And then he did the swear, of, and I should have seen it coming, but I didn't. So I was really impressed.
1: I also like the fact that he kept on saying "fact." It reminded me of that Rafa Benitez promo against Alex yeah. Ferguson all those years ago.
2: I was like, "There you go, get your Benitez out."
3: If only football managers did call those press conferences promos instead, it would be so much better. I
2: despair. really enjoyed this. It made me want more Tyson. And I'm not talking about Mike, because he's horrible cunt. I'm talking about Tyson Kidd. Love the old job. Unfortunately, Smojo broke his neck, so we don't get much more of him. And Brett was very, very critical of Smojo for it as well. Of course he was. Do you know why? Because Brett had never injured another professional.
3: As he is he never never not No, once I know. In all he those keeps,
2: years. Keeps his jump, but I've never heard him say that before. Wow. You
3: need to absolute comes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> then we
3: see Tyson Kidd in Natalia backstage and Kidd is also warming up and I hate to break it to him, but he's going to have to do some more warming up mm-hmm. later on if he does it this early, which is before the next match, which is Sylvester Lafort against Enzo Amore
1: in a hair versus hair match. Who the fuck is Sylvester LaForte? Never heard of him. I've got no recognition of this man ever existing. Well, he, he he's
3: a guy that had a hair versus hair match with Enzo Amore at <laughs> NXT TakeOver <laughs> Fatal Fourway. way That's who he was. Oh, that's who we're talking about.
1: Yeah, okay, absolutely.
3: thanks for clarity. Yeah. It is a hair versus hair match. It is. We've got in Enzo Amore's corner, he's obviously got Big Cass. And in sylvester laforte's corner he's got marcus louis who is another yeah. guy i'd never heard of if i'm <laughs> honest
1: i um, i do you know what I, i'm actually it's ridiculous i don't remember who uh who uh who sylvester laforte is because uh he famously tagged with andy baxter and zach zodiac in a handicap match against the big show in november 2011 so how i forgot that <laughs> i don't know this one
3: this match only lasts for five and a half minutes it ends when Big Cass takes out Louis on the other outside of the ring. The distraction allows Enzo to roll Sylvester Levor up and get the pin. Old oh man, thoughts on this one?
2: We start off with a little video with Colin Cassidy, Enzo Amore, and Carmella there with Fifi. They're in a barber shop with some evident foamy wax that makes people bold, and uh, it, it's awful. It's filmed on a mobile phone and it's terrible. They're arguing and then poor Fifi gets. Covered in this and then they stroke her in some hair has been put there, which is blatantly human hair. And I was just like, oh, this is not a good start. And then Enzo and Colin come down to the ring and Enzo does his little how are you doing shtick. But this is pre-crowd, like re- repeating it back to him. But he does do a little list of hairstyles and then get the how are you doing, which I thought was really good. I must say, I do not like Enzo Amore and his hair. Needs to go because it's fucking awful, horrible stuff. But that was tremendous. And to be honest, that's the high point because it's five minutes. So like, let's not go too hard. It's awful. It's really bad. They're just not very good, and they don't particularly work very well together. And we haven't got to the end, but the bit afterwards is just terrible. It's just <laughs> not. It's just not good. I just, it's just not good. They, they they work their little socks off. All four of them, but it's not good. So earlier on, you were
3: were referencing the bit that happens before the match, which is when they drop this special foam on Fifi the dog. And you suggested that this this foam was not real. It doesn't work the way they pretend it works, which is to remove hair. I thought this is how you lost your hair.
2: No, no, that was because there's too much brain. (laughs) And it pushed your hair out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, what's that? You two have got full, luxurious, full head to hair. Well, what does that tell you, listener? That they're dumb shits. That's correct. Thank you for answering. <laughs> yes, indeed. But you know what? It might have been. I might have bought some duff. Like shower gel or shampoo, <laughs> didn't you? Didn't you, did your mum buy you for Christmas oh, anti yeah. thinning shampoo? <laughs> yeah, well, <auntie thinning> <laughs> yeah, Christmas just completely out of the blue. And I was a little bit like, As we, I, I mean, the evidence is there for all it was plenty. <laughs> the evidence is there to be seen. It worked a charm. <laughs> yeah it was a. I could you know what I'd completely <laughs> forgotten about that it was it was a Christmas day I'm just just trying to have a nice Christmas and um, me mum got me some lovely but always good at buying presents me mum some lovely stuff and then I opened that and I was a bit like like there'd been no I'd never said oh I'm losing the air mum oh, I can't believe I'm losing the air so young she obviously just looked at me and said no yeah, fucking state of that we like, like my mum that seems to buy me always find my shirts are a little bit too tight which i think is
1: a little bit of a pointed comment about my weight (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: in fairness old man you can't argue you no longer have thinning hair
2: that's true (laughs) although to be fair would do if i grow it out it'd be be hilarious if i grow it out now i'd be like baron corbin only a better worker
3: I I think you should definitely grow, grow it out to Baron Corbin length. That would be
2: hilarious. <laughs> oh, that'd be horrendous.
1: Yes, indeed,
3: Tom. What were your thoughts on
1: the match? Something I've never realized before, because obviously he's you know majority of the time we've seen Enzo Amore, he has been doing his 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 call of response intro intro intro. <laughs> intro. But he wraps his own theme song. I'd never noticed it before. So even though I think Enzo Amore is a scumbag. And I don't like him as a wrestler. I had a little bit more time for him, just based on that alone. The only note that I've got, other than what old man said, is that older uh, Renee Young makes reference of Wayne Rooney having a hair transplant, yes. which I quite enjoyed as well. But other than that, yeah, shit.
3: It's, yeah, it's not it's not nothing special, is it? It's five and a half minutes, it is what it is. The, the thing that I'm most subjected to is that they've set up this idea of this special... Stuff that removes hair, and yet they still got a barber's chair set up yeah. on the on the thing. You know, like, why have you got that? We we know what's happening here. He's going to use the bucket, and he doesn't need that damn chair. He's going to cut his hair. It's just going to be it's going to be falling off after he's used the foam stuff. So yeah, that was my I main it, issue
1: with it. I guess they've got to have a set up in case Sylvester wins and he doesn't have any hair removal cream.
3: That's true. But they, in fairness, they brought the bucket out and just put it on the yeah. side.
2: So no yeah. Need for it. I, So I thought the whole bit at the end where they're like trying to bold Sylvester and then, um, what's his name, Marcus? Martin yeah, Marcus. Marcus Actually gets bolded. is so crap and so poorly done. I was like, this is meant to be entertaining. What they all just end up doing is it outstays its welcome. And I think it outstays its welcome to the point where it's actually a little bit rude to bold people. Because it stops becoming about like, it being funny, and it's then they're just like, we're oh, making fucking bold because bold people are fucking shit. That's just how I read it as a bold person.
3: Listen to this fucking snowflake cunt. <laughs>
2: oh no, oh no, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, uh, so at the end... Patrick Stewart, I have... <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin and me, <laughs> all fuming.
1: Absolutely, and
2: uh, what's his Dale name? Dale Porter,
3: fuming. What about, what about Gamesmaster?
2: <laughs> oh, Patrick fuming. Moore? Yeah, fuming. He, he will not bold. He looked like it on Games Master, though. But that's different to living the life. He's not lived, he's not lived <laughs> in my fucking shoes. I can't think of any other bald people. I was just going to go, old man, <laughs> just chucking it in there. I, so I was going to make a extensive list. Of, <laughs> I got Patrick Stewart's name called him me, and that's it. Duncan Goodhue. Duncan Goodhue, yeah. Ooh, Alan Shearer, Ian Wright. Yes. They're right. all coming now. I bet, right, right, right. Uh, Lee Carsley. Yeah, Thomas Graveson. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so moving away from football, anybody else? So Neil. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um yeah.
2: Goldberg. Yeah, lastly. Gilbert. Shelton Benjamin now. Gilbert. that's a great one.
3: Gorilla Monsoon. Mean J hey?
1: Oakland. No, Gorilla
2: Monsoon. What? Bold? No, oh, you're talking about Slaphead Bold man. Oh, sorry. I didn't... Well, come on. What Sound. Hand on scalp. Sound. Like a... In
3: fairness, both of those two would have been bold men if they had been around now. Because let's face it, old man, if you let your hair grow, you wouldn't be fully bold. You'd look like Gorilla Monsoon or Gene
1: Oakland. Do you reckon if you were still clinging onto your hair or man? what sort of what sort of route would you take to try and throw people off the centre that you are balding? So do you think you'd go with the slick back, like dadgy stuff or, the, or like Phil Collins had, or would you go with like a coma from the side, maybe from the back
2: forwards or some like wispy little spikes? I would probably go slick back. Yeah. Yeah. And I would look, and there's no other way around this. I'd look like a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> probably look like a pedophile. I would look horrendous.
3: Well, at least everyone would have some warning this way.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> if I used to have hair on my head, I would probably won't have the beard either. Oh, you, maybe
1: you'd have a little tash.
2: A little moustache. Oh, a little wispy moustache. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, like, I could grow a decent moustache, but I'd pluck it so that it was extra wispy. A bit like, uh, like a Larry cartoon moustache. Yes. Larry Bird's a horrible little moustache. Yeah. yeah.
3: So after the match, as, you, as we were just about to talk about, um, LaFort tries to run away to prevent his hair from being cut. Um, and the obviously Enzo Enzo and Cass catch up to him on the ramp. But Marcus Louis comes up behind them and gives him a little double clothesline, um, thinks he's managed to help LaFort escape, which he has. But of course, he himself then becomes the one who gets caught by Cass and Enzo. Um, later on, we'll come back to this, in, but mm, it's not brilliant. just... Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, something to keep you going, definitely. Yeah. So then it is Tyler Breeze's turn to talk about the main event with his video package cutting a promo. Any thoughts on his little go?
2: Amazing. Tyler Breeze, we add this, uh, take it Brooklyn, is amazing. And to this point, he's the only person with a character like a proper fully formed character i know we talked about like the ascension having their thing but tyler Priest just he's got it all day you've got the hashtags which i can't remember what they are to be honest but they made me laugh and he's just brilliant he just knows what he's doing go on taylor yeah yeah he's great he's great
1: you're like you said old man he's all in he's all in on the character. Yeah. he he's brilliant a sad waste of a good ponytail <laughs> yeah
3: so then we get a video package hyping the Mick Foley episode of the Monday Night War series that was that mm. was going on at the time. As part of a big part of the early part of the, uh, the WWE Network was that series. It felt like they had about 400 episodes of it. Yeah. And it's all they could talk about at the beginning of the network was the Monday Night War just constantly.
1: It was all right. I, I didn't mind that series. I did watch it. What I did also try and watch afterwards is the Ruthless Aggression series, which is absolute bullshit.
3: Well, it was only that's at least that's only four or five episodes though. Like the Monday Night War one goes on for flipping ever. It's like really long.
1: But the Monday Night War was was a big thing. Which I was. Don't think ruthless aggression was particularly. <laughs> so-
3: I think ruthless aggression is one of those sort of made up things. Mm. There are some people out there who probably even some people listen to this who think Ruthless Aggression was a thing. But for me, it's just a marketing campaign that WWE used. It didn't mark a different period of time in WWE's history. It was the only thing that it describes to me is nothingness. <laughs> just, a, well, it's not a particularly fond memory for me, the Ruthless Aggression years.
1: Well, it also very much. Smacks of someone has been desperately, frantically seeking for some new content for the WWE. network fuck me! I'm turning to Kurt Angle. There, I can't see WWE. Um, to the, some content for the WWE network, and then just has been like looking at the history of wrestling and decided that they. What are you, cunt, laughing at?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you fucked up WWE again, and you Did were I? concentrating so hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> no, 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 a pretty good concept for the
1: wwe network and they they've looked at like the history of of what's happened in wwe and thought to themselves do you know what there's this little there's this little block here should we call it something yeah let's call it ruthless aggression make a series yeah. out of it because yeah, it wasn't a thing
2: was it there's basically this block from like 2002 to now <laughs> and it's just been so nondescript that we'll just make something up so what what would this era be called the last five years? Well they what did call the universe era, weren't they? I reckon. Mm.
3: Mm. I think they already are. So they were calling it the reality era at one point as well, oh. weren't they? The two thousand and eleven maybe through to about two thousand and fifteen. They were calling it at one point the reality era. Uh but yeah, I guess it probably would be called the universe era. What does
2: that even mean?
3: No one fucking knows. No one even knows what ruthless aggression means either. Like it means nothing.
2: It's just tinky. You are full of ruthless aggression tonight. You need to (laughs) calm down. So. Put your bloody trousers up, man.
3: (laughs) A good way for me to start by calming, to, to start calming down is to talk about the next bit, which is Jojo introducing the new general manager of NXT, William Regal. So this has only just recently been announced to the audience.
2: Can I just have a little quick note on the commentators after the... uh, Sorry, just before the Mick Foley video clip. Yeah. The lingering look that they give to the camera, because it obviously takes a couple of seconds longer for them to get the uh, video going, is horrendous. Like, it hurt me. Because (laughs) they are staring dead into the camera, and René Young is quite sensibly not looking... At the camera, but oh, sexy, sexy Saxton and Tommy P are just staring into my
3: soul. The only thing is missing is Jim Ross st- sat next to them smiling.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> God, it really did remind me of Clash of the Champions, yeah. smiling, with him smiling every ten seconds. So with William Regal out in front of the crowd, he says NXT is the place to be. He then introduced the biggest international signing in WWE history, Kenta. R- Riga welcomes Kenta to NXT. We see a little promo of a little promo video of Kenta's stuff, and then he says hello to NXT. He speaks some Japanese. He then says it is a dream come true, and he's happy to be in WWE on NXT. Says he is starting over, and in tribute to one of his heroes, he will be known as Hideo Itami, and his goal is to be NXT champion.
1: So, the response to him changing his name to Hideo Itami is underwhelming, to <laughs> say the least. No one cares. <laughs> Hideo Itami translates to Hero of Pain, and he doesn't say who one of his heroes is. Well, it's, it's,
3: um, it's got to be the Barbarian or Warlord, doesn't it? <laughs> if it's, oh, it's yes. Hero of Pain.
1: Oh, that'd be amazing. That would be amazing. It's just not. It's and his suit's a bit ill-fitting. I find I think his jacket's quite ill-fitting. When I think of Hideo Itami as being a stylish man, and the Ascension come out and start demanding a rematch, and then Hidetami scares him off. and That's about it. Although the bit where he sits on the chair and beckons
2: them in is pretty cool. Yeah. The jacket removal is tremendous because the crowd are suddenly like, they've gone from being underwhelmed by the name to excited by the pain he might give out. But this is the time for our third Fagston of the Week. (laughs) So Hideo Tami slash Kenta was in WWE and NXT for five years. He had 201 matches. And he described his period in WWE and NXT as the most frustrating time of my life.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the Byron Faxton of the week for this week. It is. Excellent. I think if you're going to do the little song, little jingle, old oh man, two, two suggestions. First one is we do call it the Byron Faxton of the week, because I think that All fits right. really well in the tune. And secondly, you have to sing the tune after you've done the fact as well, just like. Oh, he does yeah, on do, our, yeah. Our
2: TV burp. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I'm of the week. <laughs> it does work better with the first name. Good work, mate. Yeah. See, that's why that's why Tinky's here. That's the only reason he's here, mate. It's right. to, right. to make my really crap jingles better.
1: Um, just a quick thing. I, I, cause I usually, have, well, I always have the the wiki page of uh, of the uh, the event open, just so the case. The storylines. The card comprised six matches. The matches resulted from scripted storylines where wrestlers portrayed heroes, villains, or less distinguishable characters that built tension accumulated in a wrestling match or a series of matches. What a very clinical way of putting it. They say you that
3: know? on every single WWE
1: page. <laughs> yeah, every single one. So, yes, yeah, so as you
3: say, the Ascension come out. They uh, ask Regal for a rematch after attacking Itami and throwing him out of the ring. The Ascension then, as you say, demand a rematch. But before Regal can answer, Itami takes both men down and then does a double drop kick before sitting in a chair in the ring and asking them to bring it on the Ascension retreat to the back. So, Hideo Tami's time in WWE, he said, as you said, old man, that it was the most frustrating of his life. Not a great time, was it for him, let's be honest?
2: No, he, I remember he got, I think it's a shoulder injury, oh. not long after he debuted. And then he went up to like the main roster, and I think Vince probably looked at him and said, "Who's this guy?" And so he was, "Oh, he's a massive star in Japan." He's like, "Where's Japan?" He's like, oh, <laughs> oh, it is. It's that country we go to every now and then and get paid a bit of money. He's like, "No." Nah. So,
3: so, what, like, so
2: what's Saudi Arabia? <laughs> Thought there was less money. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then he left. Quite sad, really.
3: Did he? I didn't realise he ever got to the main roster. I thought he was always
2: no, in. No, uh, he he was on 205 Live for a bit.
3: <laughs> oh, hang on, that's now considered the main roster. Well,
2: it it has now? to be because it's WWE 205 Live, not NXT. I see. I see. No, it's... not IC.
1: NXT. <laughs> <laughs> it's strange that that it never really worked with, with Kenta. Because I can remember that match was it him versus someone called Davy Richards. I seem to think of what he we went to when he was Kenta. He went to Ring of Honor. In Re- WrestleMania 25, Super Card of Honor, and it was absolutely tremendous.
2: I will tell you what, mate, was th- was that when one of these cunts to the Mitinuka Driver on the apron? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: My
2: God, that because I can barely remember any of that show. We talked about this before, where the fire alarm was going off for about half hour, terrifying <laughs> me that I was going to burn to death before I got to see Kid Rock perform live and in person. Yeah, that was a tremendous match. Did do it was? It
1: was the other cunt. Davey Richards, I think. Is that a person he, he, you he, Richards he, is
2: a person, yeah. Is that Stevie Richards' lesser brother?
3: No, he was one of the American Wolves with Eddie Edwards. And they, probably their most famous run, unfortunately for them, was on TNA in the end. They went to TNA and had quite a good run as a tag team there. Um, and Eddie Edwards is still in Impact Wrestling. don't know what Davey Richards is doing these days. I figured he was retired, but who knows? He's wrestling,
1: he? wrestling to um, MLW Wrestling. Oh yeah. Hmm. There was a hell of a good good wrestlers on that show, weren't they? Looking back on it now. I mean we saw uh, we got to see Chris Hero, we got to see uh, Kevin Owens on there, we had old uh, Roddy Strong, um, we had uh Cesaro, um, we had uh what's his chap, Sir Sammy Zane. Daniel Bryan, D'Lo Brown, obviously you could see his knob so clearly, I remember that, it was horrible. Um but was that or... Kenta Seth Rollins, yeah, he turned up with Necro Butcher against Austin Aries and Jimmy Jacobs. Yeah,
3: I can't remember that show very well, and I didn't re- remember that Kenta was on it, but he, the, the thing I remember at his run in, in NXT was that he got attacked prior to a match he was supposed to have mm-hmm. and that was the kayfabe reason they kind of got him off television because he had the injury, but I don't think they ever revealed who attacked him or well, I can't, uh, if they did, I can't remember who it was.
1: No, one thing I remember quite nicely there happening there is is it pretty much when he's on the floor outside the parking lot and the cameras on him, like Kevin Owens just like walks over and goes like "sucks to be you" or something like but that. Yes, he like, does. Yeah.
2: Nice um, yeah, well,
3: but they, they made quite a big deal of it at the time, but it never—I don't think it ever got ever got resolved.
2: What do you, do you think? It was Rikishi who did it.
3: <laughs> Probably let's 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 take a little break shall we let's try and let's try and calm ourselves down we're acting like a bunch of idiots at the moment (laughs) during this show (laughs) and uh and we'll take a little break come back once we've all calmed down and uh you know just taking us taking us down a step or two
1: i'm off for a (laughs) (laughs)
0: rewipe nxt takeover is a fatal four-way for the nxt championship one individual is the greatest high flyer in the history of this industry fact One individual has the most heart and is a great innovator in that ring, something that he honed while in Japan, fact. One individual is arrogant, self-absorbed, but he looks like a million bucks and he can get away with it, fact. One individual in this match is probably the most dangerous human walking the planet, something that he learned while in the dungeon, fact. And then there's Sami Zayn, Adrian Neville, and Tyler Breeze. They're in the match too. That's how I feel about my opponents at TakeOver. Tyson Kidd going to be a very dangerous man at TakeOver. I want to win to prove to the world that I can get it done. The next universe, here's the thing. I really am Natty's husband. You're just chanting a fact. Listen to these people. You don't think that's eating up Tyson Kid? Oh, 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 look out. Is Natalia okay? No, oh, look out, look out. Shoulders are down, and- He would rather get the victory than worry about whether his wife is okay or not. It's disgusting. At TakeOver, my wife isn't involved. I'm in it by myself, for myself. Tyson Kidd walks out NXT champion. Fact.
3: Okay, welcome back to the show. Now, we see some uh, stills of Bull Dempsey attacking Mojo Rawley after they lost the tag team match during the tag team tournament recently on the weekly NXT show. And then we get Paul Dempsey against Mojo Rawley. And this is another very, very brief match, just over a minute in length. Dempsey hits a headbutt off the top rope for the pin after about a minute. Tom, your thoughts? Just another squash match,
1: isn't it? And weirdly, auto credited to Bill Dempsey, which is quite nice. So that's what he will be <laughs> for the rest of this. It's just weird. Again, another stupid squash match with, with two people that go on to do nothing in their, in their career in the WWE. To be honest, I didn't think that old Bill was going to be a long-term success in WWE. Again, he's reasonably over. But at this point, I'm watching this view thinking, why does everyone like NXT so much? If I'm being honest, I'm starting to get there a little bit with this. And it really happens in the segment after this. But it's just like, what, why why were
2: people loving this so much? Why was I loving this so much when it happened? This is very bland. I was quite confused by this. So we got Billy Whiz Dempsey, comes down to his music. He's basically got the um, the Balls Mahoney thing, hasn't he? But mm-hmm. instead of the crowd saying Balls, um, well, Balls, in Balls Mahoney's case, it's in his music. Great music, to be fair. I bloody love you when someone shout ball. My one note on the in-ring action is that Mojo Rawley sells his little heart out for old Billy Whiz. But the first flying, let's be honest, he falls on him, flying headbutt he does, must hit Mojo Rawley somewhere by the hip, I think. And then he goes up and does the other one, and he must be about six inches away from him. And I was like, bloody hell, you can't even get the squash right, lad. Like Tommy said... I don't Think he's long for this world, this world of NXT, not life.
3: It's really odd because you loved it, it, didn't you? This is so your master of the night. Through this show, there is lots of people that feel like they are being prepared to go to the main roster and do something of significance. It's not about huge quality of matches It's not about kind of making everybody pop it's about preparing certain people for a main roster push so bull dempsey i would even argue before this we had enzo amore and colin Casty. they've just debuted baron corbin and he's we know they did actually make somebody out of him because he's still there but the ascension as well so he's another person where i feel like this is one of the guys they think right you know what he's got the size he's not really got the look but he's got the size and we think he can be Something of use to the main roster. And I think this is the weird thing about NXT is that because it evolved so quickly, people are really enjoying NXT at this time. But people think that that style that came just two, three years later is what it's always been. But it really wasn't. It was actually when it first was on the network just a really straightforward version of WWE. Like they didn't overcomplicate storylines. They didn't overcomplicate the heel face divide. It was pretty much your standard basic wrestling promotion with really simplified booking, which was why it was such a breath of fresh air because it didn't try and overcomplicate things. It didn't have a three hour episode every week. Like Rawl did. It was just so much more, manageable to watch and enjoy that that's why people liked it but it just became something so different so quickly that everybody just I think just thought of this time as being exactly the same as it was three years later but as as we're finding during the show it's really really different in terms of the match whatever Mojo Rawley out of interest was released only earlier this year so he, yeah. he did Lendly last L. some time um tyler breeze also only who's on the show obviously was only released earlier this year too so a couple of them did manage to last obviously also we know that baron corbin is still with the company and oh, a, couple of, a couple of the guys in the uh, main event and of course the two women who are up next
1: well i've actually got i've been compiling a list all this time so the ascension neville tyler breeze tyson kid Enzo Cass. Ball Dempsey, Mojo Rawley, Hideo Itami, Sylvester Laforte, Marcus, whatever his name is, CJ Parker, Tom Phillips, Renner Young, Sin Cara, uh, Kalisto and Jojo have all left or well, obviously in the Tyson Kids role as retired. The only people that I can find that are left in the car are Sami Zayn, Bailey, Charlotte, Barry Corbs, Byron Saxton and William Regal. Are the only people still left in the company, six people out of the 20 something that are involved in the in the, in the, in the event.
3: So I don't think that's that bad a deal though that's the thing I think that's not actually bad because we're talking seven years ago and we're talking this is development territory I wouldn't expect the majority of them to make it to the main roster. I would expect this to be almost the point where they go actually sorry you've not you're not quite going good, good, good enough you're not going to make it and only the cream of the crop to actually make it to the main roster so I'm. <laughs> fine but i in terms of when i take of the crop i'm not even talking about necessarily in terms of overall quality or talent i'm just talking about cream the crop in terms of who wwe thinks they can make a star out of i don't think that's a bad i don't think that's a bad track record if you've actually got some main event guys which i guess you could say charlotte and bailey have, have made themselves main event uh wrestlers
2: i think the problem is and tommy pointed this out earlier is that they are so keen to ram down your throat that the future is now, is now.
3: Well, I think this is the problem in general with NXT, see? I think you're right. I think that is generally the problem with NXT is that this is supposed to just give them a chance to be in front of the cameras, be in front of an audience, work the WWE style, get to understand how things go on the main roster. Unfortunately, what it became, as I was talking about a moment ago, is that it just became a house for all these really talented guys who didn't need to be in a development territory. They didn't need to be there, you know, and so they should have just gone straight into the to the main roster. And once it became that thing that they didn't need to be there and that they could draw their own audience, suddenly it wasn't about just giving them a little bit of kind of a chance to see how they go and give them some experience it became something where now it was a main show it was a show that people deliberately were tuning in for so it was no longer it actually now came with the pressure of a normal wwe show because it was that big
2: just to like segue away to the current product this obviously will have happened about a month before whilst this goes out small joe beat carrying cross the lxt title and then the next night carrying cross was on raw did either of you see what he was wearing it's yes. Just like demolition. It was. It, I mean, fuck. I'm not one of these guys who jumps on and goes, "They're fucking ruining this guy," in spite of all the evidence. They're ruining this guy. They've just bought up from next to you. Boo, boo, boo. When I saw the pictures of that, I thought, "Fuck me. What are you doing?" Yeah. Whose idea is that? Red leather. I mean, that's my that's my weekend outfit. <laughs> I'm a wrestler? It's interesting, like what you said about... Because a lot of these guys that came
1: into NXT, we're talking about those indie wrestlers, don't need anything, like as you said, Tinky. And it just makes me wonder, like, if they kept NXT as it was, as their development territory as as it is, and then I've always thought it'd be really good for them to have, like, SmackDown and Raw to have two completely different tones to them and have Raw as your classic WWE entertainment show and then have SmackDown as your as your wrestling show, uh then you can target like a bunch of different audience. But they've never really seemed to do that. They kind of said that it they did. They have tried to say that they have in the past, but I don't think they've ever really accomplished it. And when you if you had the likes of, you know, the Undisputed Era Finn Balor and all those that that, that type onto onto like SmackDown I and mean, made that like the wrestler's wrestling show. That that'd have been a better use of their you know their talents
3: maybe but the reason they can't do it is because vince controls everything he won't he won't allow Mm. anybody to have the control that would allow them to give the point is is in order to make it truly different you have to have different people in control of the two shows and over complete control there can't be anybody putting that WWE sheen on it all the time. That person needs to be able to employ their own production team. They need to be able to employ their own writing staff. They need to be able to, you know, give up make their decisions about how this thing is going to be put together. In fact, they might even choose to not have a writing team and say, you know what? We're going to have this just a booking team and everybody's going to have no scripts. They're just going to be given bullet points and told, you know, go out there and cut a promo. But WWE won't allow it because Vince won't allow it. So It doesn't matter how much you try to make them different. It's not about consciously going, we're going to make this different. It's about giving it to somebody else and seeing what that manifests in making it different. And that's why you can't really get that true differential between the two brands like you can when you look at WWE and AEW or even wwe and wcw back in the day because they're made by completely different people with different attitudes of different um different production teams different ways of writing it whatever so that's why you can't get the difference it's not really the personnel in the in in the ring because that doesn't that's not what will end up making a show look different and feel different crucially
2: there's that great story at Paul Heyman's told, I've heard him on a couple of podcasts say it, where he, he was, when he was running SmackDown, in the uh, ruthless of the Segression era, I think it is, that Tommy was talking about. Oh, and yeah. he, um, yeah, <laughs> <era>. <laughs> and he had all these ideas of basically exactly what we've just talked about. And he said he met with Vince and he laid out the next six months of how it was going to go, how they develop it, how they develop the stories, how they make the stars, and apparently they're about two hours into this meeting. And Vince man sneezes and gets really angry himself because apparently he hates sneezing because he can't control himself or something. And Paul Heyman said in that instant he realised that he'd not listened to a word that he was saying, so he just stood up and left. <laughs> and he convinced him when he say anything. Because he's been
3: trying so hard not to sneeze
2: for yes, so Yes, that, that was exactly was what he said for him he'd been in meetings and you can see when he's trying not to sneeze and he was like, oh, well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> imagine how different things could have been. That ruthless aggression could have actually meant something. Yeah, I just imagine.
3: Um, next up, we have got the women's time match. Before, Is there anything that comes before that? Before I Yes, on?
2: that bloody is. Some awful shit. More discrimination.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So next up, we do have some more discrimination, actually, right? So we've got backstage Enzo and Big Cass. And Enzo is gutted. He's absolutely gutted. He hasn't managed to see someone's hair get taken off. <laughs> and uh, they then just happen to notice old Marcus with Sylvester LaFort chatting in the back. So they run up behind them and they grab old Marcus because Sylvester LaFort manages to get away again. They carry him to the ring and they then hang on what's going on I've missed a bit here what have I missed
2: no you, you ain't missed what no. you have what you haven't detailed is that Enzo and Colin uh, walking talking bear in mind they've been best mates for a long time at this point they are talking so unnaturally it's <laughs> painful
3: I tell you where I went wrong a minute ago is I didn't mention earlier on that when they caught up to Marcus, they put the bucket all over his head. Oh, That's why. Yeah. So I didn't say that was what had happened earlier on after the match. So now, old Marcus has got his hair wrapped in a towel because he doesn't want anyone to see his head. So they, Enzo and Cass, bring him to the ring and then reveal his head. And it's not entirely bold. He has got oh. some hair still on there. But yes, yeah. he's now got the majority of his head is off, and his, his hair is off. I should say, not his
2: head. And it's so <laughs> clearly shaped, clearly shaved because you can see the stubble. Yeah, it's awful. What I found quite astonishing about this is that the crowd reaction, like it's like they've maimed him. They're like, <gasps> and it's like they've just shaved some chunks off his head. And Renee Yi makes some incredible noises. She's like, "Ah, oh, it's hideous. And I'm like, hi, your <laughs> fucking husband was walking around with horrendous friend's hair at this point. You need to fucking check yourself. I,
1: I did like the bit, though, where they go back to the NXT prior to saying about the, the next match is about to happen. And René, that's just there, stroking her hair, just loving it. <laughs> yeah, that it's was nice good, actually. Yeah, I I thought thought that was
3: touch. good. So, yeah, Louis runs backstage as Enzo and Cass laugh in the ring. And then they change the letters to soft. S-A-W-F-T to bold B-A-W-L-D <laughs> A little man was so fuming
2: <laughs> i will I'll be honest I enjoyed this bit I enjoyed it when they said the B-A-W-L-D I thought you know what that's the way that's the way it should have been handled is it should have been short to the point and it should have been funny. But it goes on long enough that it stops being funny.
3: So this is, for me, an example of how the stories were just so much more simple. It was basically it is a hair, hair versus hair match and one of them gets their hair cut off at the end of it. And it's not we're not going to go mad. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to follow it up. It's just we've got a hair versus hair match. Someone's going to get their hair shaved off. That's it. So we have a video package hyping the women's title match up next. Uh, it shows Bailey pinning Sasha Banks on NXT a couple of times to get a title shot at Charlotte Flair. It shows Bailey talking about how much she's worked for this and wants this. It also shows Bailey being attacked by Charlotte Flair in the build up to the match.
2: Bailey looks like a baby.
3: Not old man and his bloody babies again. <laughs> she looks so
2: young. And fresh-faced. It's just, like, it's quite weird. I know it was seven years ago, so she's going to look like younger.
1: That's how, that's how the time
2: works. Yeah. I, I never watched this before. don't think I got into NXT until they actually, like, moved out of the, uh, what's it called? Full Sail. Moved out of Full Sail for the takeovers. I just, I was like, look how young she is. And Charlotte, look how young they are. I was, ready, I was excited to see how good they'd be, these lasses.
3: So their match goes for just under 11 minutes and it ends when Charlotte hits a moonsault for a two count and then hits a natural selection for the pin to retain her title. Oh man, you've been lucky enough to get all of the meaty matches on this show and Tom's been lucky for the squashes at the moment. But that's just how it's going to continue for the moment. How did you find this one?
2: Well, first of all, you can get some tops trading cards of uh, Charlotte and Bailey, evidently. And Tom Phillips points out that these can be... So look for these cards in the trading card aisle of a local retailer.
3: I <laughs> <laughs> just like the idea of a
2: trading card aisle.
3: Yeah, Waitrose has got one of those.
2: Well, to oh, be fair... I wouldn't know, mate. Yeah, yeah normally I'm too busy sucking people off an Audi for a banana. <laughs> I mean, well, well, to be fair, they say it's a banana. Um, This is... Very good. I was surprised by how good it is. For a start, they start with some great intensity. So old Shazza offers the hand, and old Bill Bailey, she kind of like thinks about it, and then she drives her into the corner like she's a dog looking for something in a cushion. Charlotte doesn't do that, because she is fantastic in this. She's so... I mean, she's bloody great, anyway. But she is so far above. I think anyone on this card to this point everything about her so her face the way that she works the way that she's just horrible she knows how to interact with the crowd she's just really brilliant and the fact that Bailey isn't very far behind is testament to both of them I think I mean this is just a really very good match I unfortunately seem to have lost all of my notes on the actual match apart from it being good, which is annoying. because this happened the other week as well. I managed to fill those gaps in, but I watched this about a week ago. So go fuck yourselves. That's all you're getting.
1: <laughs> Charitable. Uh, Thank you.
2: This is the kind of analysis that, uh, that, that that you
1: only get from the Random Wrestling Review podcast. Is Charlotte the only person who has not only managed to avoid the NXT to main roster name shortening, but actually done the opposite and Ooh. had her name extended. So I think Biggie Langston was obviously was obviously one of them. Riddle, Neville, Rusev some other, Rusev, yep. There must be there's loads of them in there that they've done it to so much so that Cesaro. There's loads of them that it's, That's... that it's happened to and it's um listeners, could you please get in touch with us and let me know if there's anyone else whose name has been lengthened since uh since joining the main roster from NXT. That's
2: good shit That <laughs> <laughs> A one material can, can exactly. Yeah, a- A1, what a band as well. Was that oh. the summertime of our lives? It certainly was. Summertime, summertime. Uh, of our lives. Uh,
1: our, our lives. lives. Uh, ding 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 ding. It's lives. Our I'm not going to lie, though. I did struggle watching it and find it hard to compare it to the masterpiece that we saw the other week. That's not their fault. That's not a problem. That's not a, the match's fault. It's just a, something that I oh, remember. I blame them. No. Oh, yeah. All right. It is their it's their fault not for not performing, not. As, well, not performing as, well, as well as a match that hasn't happened yet. You know, the, yeah. the scumbags. Um, but it's, it's. you're right about Charlotte. Charlotte is great. She's she's really good. And Bailey's, Bailey's very much getting there. She's good. One thing I've got to ask you about about Charlotte as well Someone who's so clearly so good. Why are her moonsaults so dreadful? She well, literally does a moonsault and lands on her feet and then yeah. falls, on to, falls onto Bailey.
3: Yeah, so I don't know if usually they're bad, but this was horrendous, this particular yes. insult. It was so bad because you're right, she basically lands on her feet and then has to kind of, in a second motion, fall down onto Bailey.
1: <laughs> it was ridiculous. I've, I've noticed Charlotte's moonsaults always looking quite iffy in the fact, And I think part of it, is the fact that maybe she's too athletic. Do you know what I mean? Because obviously I think she's got like a gymnastic background or an athletics background. And I wonder if it's just so ingrained that because it always looks like she overshoots it. Even when she lands it, quote unquote properly, it's all leg impact and it looks very painful. Now, admittedly, I can't do a moon salt. So I'm not going uh, uh, to criticise her.
2: To be fair, but have you ever tried?
1: You are. Give me a second.
2: <laughs> I'm <just> going to do, <laughs> one, do one <laughs> You just uh, said, <laughs> God, my, my spine My spine is broken And then Where the remnants of that shit that you haven't finished Come out
1: <laughs> Yeah I enjoyed that I'm glad there's no handshakes and hugs at the end Because there is a little bit of a moment afterwards Where uh, uh, Sasha Banks at the end of the match Comes down and uh, and has a little attack On Bayley and Charlotte Flair saves her And then kind of scares her off and stands there with the, Still holding the belt up you know, being a bit like, oh, eh, look, I have still won. I've saved your ass there. Do you know what I mean? No, no muggy little handshakes at the end of this match.
3: Yeah, it was good. I like this match too, Um, but I, I agree. I didn't think it was it was quite in the bracket of what we saw a couple of weeks ago. But then, you know, why would it be? It's not it's not an absolute classic, but it was a decent match. I think what we got, uh, what I got from this was here are two people that aren't quite ready to go to the main roster yet. They're still figuring themselves out. They're still refining their act they're still maybe in terms of what they can do in the ring not quite there yet to do themselves justice that's not to say that they aren't as good as some of the other people that are on the Mm -hmm. main roster at that time i'm sure they are but actually we know that they can get better and when they do that's the best time to put them up to the main roster when they're fully formed into the talent they will be so that's what i got from this it was kind of really quite good we know that they can do more and they can go better. And I felt like that moonsault was the good example of that. But there were one or two other bits as well where I felt like just a little bit scruffy in places the match was. Just a few botches here and there, which kind of let it down. But overall, yeah, I, I agree. It was, um, it, was a, it was a good match.
2: i tell you someone who is ready for the main roster and who's been doing some great ring announcing is Jojo, who gets a shout out by the commentators which he I've does. never heard in my life. Well, it's patronizing, like, well, she's done a great job on comms. Well, she sings like America dancing. the Beautiful, apparently, before the thing. And we could we could have watched it on WWE.com. Could be bothered. Also
3: Do you think popular. it'll still be there?
2: <laughs> uh, you know what? I like to think that it's on a page in the alumni section. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, but apparently it was beautiful. Yes. Although Byron Saxton didn't seem convinced. And well, sexy he's... Saxton knows his onions.
3: Well, he was the hill, so he's got a's got a constant. Yeah
2: he's a fucking shit you can't fucking sing for shit twat a- after
3: the match Sasha Banks arrives on the scene and talks trash to Bailey before attacking her but then Charlotte pulls Sasha Banks off of Bailey um and we kind of get a little bit of a softening of the war between Charlotte and Bailey as if Charlotte has maybe found some respect for her opponent
2: and also sets up a nice the next feud I don't yeah. know whether that's where they go, but like you said Tinky earlier, and I'd not thought about it in this way. Basic storytelling,
3: really basic stuff. Don't, but...
2: don't need to, don't need to overact the pudding. Don't probably don't even need the eggs. You can make <laughs> this vegan because it's that simple. Well, what what, what pudding are they making? Because if it's a meringue, uh, that, you, you have
1: to use eggs.
2: Actually, different.
1: tell you, I, th- I think you can I think you can make meringues actually with the liquid that you get from chickpeas.
3: You can make most stuff now without eggs. To be fair. Um, there's these cakes that holly makes using some um some kind of cake mixture stuff that you get which you combine with sprite and that basically replaces the egg and it is amazing (laughs) It's incredible
1: so you're saying if tomorrow morning i go down to have some scrambled eggs on two for breakfast and i can't find any and i don't have any eggs what i need to do is just get (laughs) a can of sprite and chuck it in the frying pan and it'll be just as good
3: yeah, just do it. Just do that. Yeah, that's, that'll be fair <laughs> fair. <laughs> you perfect.
1: your breakfast: scrambled sprite on cr- toast.
3: Lovely. I mean, in fairness, this is where the debate about whether egg is an ingredient or a food is is going to come into play, isn't it? Because in a cake, it's very much an ingredient, whereas in scrambled eggs, it is the food. Well. Wow. There's a big debate about whether eggs are food on their own or an ingredient. Who's having this debate? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. people. So some people think that egg because they don't like egg is not a food it's a part it's an ingredient it's part of other food whereas you are talking about egg as food
1: they're, they're fucking idiots this is, there's a complete difference between egg and like flour for example you're not just gonna be like oh do you know what i'm fucking starving i'm just gonna eat a cup of spoonfuls of flour <laughs> i I'll
3: think do. you're making their argument for them though they're saying what you're idiots what are you what are you eating this ingredient for you wouldn't eat flour on its own why are you eating but, egg
1: i'm arguing that egg isn't an ingredient eggs are food uh, Oh, this but is.
3: It's, but that's my point. This is a big debate. It's a ferocious debate going on. All Who every... are these people? <laughs> <laughs> so, whilst we're going off piste quite considerably, um, whilst you were talking just a little bit ago after you sang Summertime of Our Lives, I, I took the time to look up A1. And there, in 2014, apparently, they appeared on an ITV documentary called The Big Reunion, along with other bands yes. such as Eternal, Damage, Girl Thing, and others. And. A new band called Fifth Story was created out of this, and it was made up of, get this for a lineup: Dane, Dane Bowers from another level. Old Cheesy Knob! (laughs) Uh, Old Cheesy Knob's love rival, Gareth Gates, because I'm pretty sure um, he also had a liaison with Dane Bowers' Cheesy Knob friend. Kenzie from Blazing Squad.
2: Oh, he's going to flip reverse it.
3: Kavanaugh. Oh! Graham. <laughs> yeah, Graham Kavanagh, that's right. No, <laughs> Kavanagh, you know, the one who did that cover of more um, uh, what was it? What did he do? Ah, oh, that's going to do my editing Now what was the fucking song he did? Oh, I was going to I was going to say more than a woman, but I can't remember. It's not that. It's something else, similar though. It's like a proper who the like Kavanagh. Kavanaugh did, did um, I Can Make You Feel Good. That's the one. Yeah, do. he did a cover. Of I can make you feel good. Um, oh so and, and also Adam Rickett, former oh. Coronation Street star and like temporary pop star for about a month or two. um Yeah, they
2: had a, a m- month or two. Yeah, pretty much. You're, yeah. you're giving him if you went too much, you're giving him 59 and a half days too long.
3: Well, I I breathe again, which was a big hit in
2: 1993. Can I hold you? I breathe again. (laughs) That's the one. When I'm near you, I breathe again. When I'm in you, I breathe again. (laughs) When I smoke (laughs) in your face, I breathe again.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Kavanaugh won Eurovision. Did he? In 1993. Says, I never Who? knew this. I never knew this. So it says here: so um, at the Eurovision on the 15th of May, Kavanaugh performed "In Your Eyes" near the near the near the middle of the show as the 14th act of 25. This time, voting was much closer, and, uh, and Ireland exchanged the leading position with the United Kingdom several times. To- so this a glory day, aren't they? Like me! Yeah. I think about how badly we performed. Um, several times throughout the announcement of the results, with 187 points, of record at the time, Kavanaugh went to win the competition in a nail-biting finish. Are you sure this is the same person?
2: Tom, are you looking up Graham Kavanagh? Yeah, this is a different Kavanagh.
3: Yeah, because Kavanagh was really young when he he was out in like 97 or something. And he did, I can make you feel good. Yeah, Kavanagh was born 1977. So he'd have been 20 in 1997. (laughs) So I don't think it's the same guy, unfortunately for you. So let's move on anyway. I I don't even know if that will stay in, but I just... It has to stay
2: in. Because that's the best shit we've got so far.
3: <laughs> it's been a fucking horrendous episode, this one so far. Yeah. So we get then a video package of Sammy Zayn in the build-up to the main event. And uh, Zayn, again, backstage warming up at an appropriate time, given the match is just yes. about to start happening.
1: Can I talk about Kavanagh just again, just for another second? No, um, we're done. Two, two albums. Um, first album called Kavanagh. Re- reached 29 on the pop charts Released in 1997 Second album, Instinct Released in 1999, didn't chart Third album, a Special so- Kind of Something The Best of Kavanagh Released in 2007, didn't chart <laughs> <laughs>
3: The
2: Best of Kavanagh QC <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, that's, that, that's, that was a joke of mine for a while Because there was a, like a period Where all these people were getting best ofs Collections and I was like, "What? Well, what's next? Castles in the Sky, the best of Ian Van dal <laughs> It's like oh. it's just like people like who had one hit and they were getting best ofs.
1: I think it's a, usually a contractual thing, isn't it? I think Probably. usually they have like X amount of albums they've got a release and they 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 so they chuck in a greatest hits if there's no need and They're still, like. They can, the record label can get a penny's worth of profit (laughs) from the residual success of the one charting single they've had.
3: I tell you what, I'd love to know if someone's got the CD copy still of Special Kind of Something, The Best of (laughs) Cabin.
1: Oh, yeah. That That has got Christmas present. That's great. I I hope someone's got the mini disc of it knocking around.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Someone's got the cassette tape of it. Oh, that'd be amazing. Right. It's not a coincidence that this is the last one. Sami Zayn's clearly the the star that they're bigging up most in NXT at this point in time.
2: Yeah, he's the one most known, I think, isn't he? Well, not not most known. Sorry, most um. What are you trying to say?
3: Well, well uh, whatever you're trying to say, just just tell Tom to stop looking stuff up on Wikipedia. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, I'm
2: not on Wikipedia. I'm i
1: on eBay looking for Covenant merch, and um, there's there's a, there's someone said like, Smash Hits Magazine. Uh, from the 19th to the 22nd of April, 1997, Spice Girls, Kavanaugh, Boys in, Peter Andre, and 911. How much do you reckon it's gone for? Seven quid. Twelve quid. Oh, you boys are pretty banging. Nine ninety nine with with <laughs> postage it's closer to tinkies. And there's also someone selling a uh, a very a really bad crinkly poster that's obviously been torn out of Smash magazine of Kavanaugh wearing a. Uh, <laughs> a boxing robe and boxing gloves and
2: it's someone's trying to sell it for four quid <laughs> <laughs> i just looked up the best of kavanagh special kind of something so from a website called world of books which is a great place to buy books evidently not kavanagh see these because it's 25.99 wow 25%? yeah so i've <laughs> just ordered two copies one for you tom and one for you tinky you've already got it out on your man? so you don't oh, of need course it. I am. to be fair i could burn you off a mini disc but i don't know it's not worth it is it right guys it's time
3: to hunker down now it's time sorry. to hunker down
2: sorry, sorry.
3: Come on, we got. We just need to finish this damn fucking show, and then we'll be all happy.
1: <laughs> we can you do... a I <laughs> Exactly,
3: exactly. I, I just want to get to that, but not right now. So we then get a video package advertising Brock Lesnar destroying John Cena at SummerSlam and hyping the rematch at Night of Champions that's set to take place before our main event, which is the fatal four-way match of the events title. It is for the NXT title, which Adrian Neville holds, and. It lasts for a whopping, for this show, at least 24 minutes. So the match ends. When Zayn gets the momentum in the match, he does the throw, he does the through the turnbuckle DDT on Tyler Breeze. Then he gets into the ring and does the halluva kick on Tyson Kidd. But as he goes for the cover, Neville pulls the referee out of the ring. Sami Zayn, incensed, jumps out of the ring himself to go after Neville, but Neville hits him with a super kick. Then Neville hits the red arrow on Kidd and gets the pinfall to retain the belt. Tom, you finally got a match with some meat <laughs> on the bones. Your thoughts on this one?
1: Um, so the first thing I want to say is, I think the build up to it, taking into account those four promo videos, is very good. And what I really like about it is there's a there's a sliding scale of heel to babyface in this. So you got Tyson Kidd, who's like it was the big the big heel really in the match. Then you get Tyler Breeze, who was a was a heel. But the fans kind of like him. But I think because of his character and the fact that he's quite fun and quite different. Then you get Adrian Neville, who is a babyface with some heel tendencies at the moment. And then you've got Sami Zayn, who is the out-and-out babyface of it. So I thought that was really, really like, nicely done. Like really, the way the match was put together and the way that the, the storyline was put together. Kind of in a four-way match, it's really hard, to, I think, to have a clearly defined babyface who you should want the crowd to win. And they've done that really well with this match. Tyson Kidd's music is fucking dreadful. No wonder oh. he wears a pair of Beats headphones when he's walking down. He so should get rid of that <laughs> shit because it is awful. In terms of the actual match, there's a bit of the beginning. I find it really weird that, that it starts off with everyone outside of the ring. It, it, in a lot of these matches, you tend to have especially in a forum match you tend to have the, the little bit little bit of awkwardness where no one knows how to start it right at the beginning then it usually settles into a little bit of a rhythm of two guys kind of brawling or selling and recovering outside the ring while two people get into action or there's one person saying ring and two people are ganging up on another person kind of works like that generally in, in it but it's quite odd that it's the match starts off with them two of them pairing off or you know and fighting around the ring it, it leads it to be a bit chaotic and a bit messy and you don't really know what you should be focusing on because it always feels that like there's something else going on in the background. It's very, like, and I say this in a bad way, it's very WCW-esque, almost War Games-esque where you're not quite sure what you should be paying attention to and what is important and the commentary team don't seem to know that either. The majority of the match seems to be kind of Tyson, Kidd and, and Tyler Breeze teaming up against the babyfaces which kind of works for a for a point but there's a period during the match of basically Kidd beating up zane and the crowd are just dead this is quiet definitely quiet it's almost like watching like a japanese wrestling match you know the I mean? where the crowd are like mad quiet it was really really odd and at this point i noticed there's a kid in the front row when uh, tyson kidd is sammy, sammy zane in a chinlock, lock who uh, picks his nose and eats it <laughs> <laughs> just pretty gross there's a moment as well going on to the commentary of By- byron saxon pronounces tyson kid he goes Tarson Cad. And I say, like, fucking <laughs> hell, he's honorary Bristolian. Go on. Go on, go on Byron. I tell you what as well, Tony Breeze does a uh, not Tony Breeze, Tyson Kidd does a pretty decent sharpshooter in the matter as well. Mm. You'd expect that from someone from the dungeon. I would prefer the legs to be crossed a little bit more, if I'm being <laughs> honest. <laughs> um but you know it's fine for a non Bret Hart or Owen Hart sharpshooter
3: but I tell you what he does do very well is that the whoever he's got in the sharpshooter actually crawls to the ropes and Tyson Kidd maintains the integrity yeah. of the sharpshooter which is very impressive
1: it's on um, Tyler Breeze and I think maybe the, the leg crossing thing might be a little bit because his boots are quite big and but tassily quite, so lots of tassily. so it might be quite difficult to cross the legs properly. But you know, uh, maybe analysing it. I
3: tell you what, that is the best piece of analysis we've ever done on this. Show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really
1: but it was it was quite a fun match. It, it starts off, I think it starts off quite slow and a bit chaotic, and then it does ramp up towards the end, specifically kind of like the end. But there's a nice bit in the match where um, Sami Zayn goes to do like a, a over the top rope dive. And Adrian Neville just jumps up beforehand and hits hits the heels with with a moonsault and kind of steals his thunder a little bit and the majority of the match you are kind of waiting for waiting for Neville and and um, and Zane to kind of get into it which they they do sort of towards the end but it, it it's quite nicely kind of timed in that it, it happens towards the end of the match I quite enjoyed it and and I've said this before I'll say it again mean in times. like Sami Zayn is it's a great baby face. He really is. He, he's he's so good. And I love the fact that he's now, from what I've seen, well, very little I've seen, able to somehow be a really amazing, obnoxious heel as well. And he is he is a very, very talented guy. Also, I love how in control of everything that he does Neville is because he just looks spectacular. Like that, that Red Arrow is a phenomenal finisher. And I know we've discussed in the past that that's kind of the only thing over about him. But if you to have something over about you, have it something as impressive
2: as that. Good much. Well, back to the entrances. I had a note about Tyson kids' music. Generic early two thousands rock, I bet. The kind of thing that when I was listening to slippers, bit of corn, bit of limpers, wouldn't have been seen dead with that in the ears. Whereas now, bloody love it. Uh, Breeze's musical entrance is absolute fire. As we touched upon before. He's bloody great. And there's also a fan with a what well, I'm assuming is a homemade sign, of a mobile phone. Yes. A little speech, speech bubble saying, this season's best accessory. <laughs> Don't know what that means, but I'll take it. Neville's music, still bonkers. Just still <laughs> absolutely nuts. It's like you walked into like a German rave full of people in leather hot pants, which I kind of wish I had done. I can't really do a lot more than Tommy's done, to be honest, because I watched it pretty much as Tommy did. Like, it starts off very slow they kind of ease into it but the last it must be seven eight minutes i think is really very good and that's when the this is wrestling chance starts oh. and you know what they're not wrong it is wrestling but they, they wouldn't could've... have been
3: wrong at any other point
2: in the show either, precisely <laughs> that's it it's wrestling if they'd done it it would have been quite funny if they'd done it during a promo <laughs> it's been oh, fuck, screw to yourselves i really like the So there's an One bit that you missed out on your little summary of the end is that Sami Zayn throws Neville over the barricade. And then that's when Neville then breaks on the pin. And like Tommy said, they're teasing those two, the whole thing. And you end up with your next feud sorted after a very decent match. It was just enjoyable. And, I mean, the last two matches of the show should be the best two, really. But they're a significant step up. And considering the combatants and the stage of LXT that we're at, I thought that was a great main event. Well done, nice. One thing, though, on the sharpshooter. I was going to interject when you were talking about the sharpshooter. So, um, old oh, Gary Neville goes in and he holds up Tyler Breeze's arm. All right, Tyler Breeze is in agony. He's in absolute agony. Not so much agony that he can't use his left arm tap out (laughs) and i was like oh why have i noticed that why have i noticed that now or to say i quit yeah but that's just me being an absolute knob but yeah i enjoyed it i know
3: i felt that would have been right at home with our sharpshooter analysis if i'm honest old man yeah should have chucked it
1: in there should have chucked it should have
2: well perhaps in the edit you can make me sound smart
1: well that's to be fair that's not necessarily analysis of the sharpshooter in itself Mate,
3: I spend the entire edit trying to make you two sound smart. It doesn't fucking work most of the time, but there we go. Right, oh, anyway. that's a
2: cheap <laughs> Oh, Sorry, sorry, I can't go on. My kidneys are bleeding from that bloody jab that you've just given me. So, yeah, I agree. I thought this
3: was a weird match. The way I felt about this match was it was kind of a, it was a game of two halves, to use <laughs> a well-worn phrase. Like, the first 12 minutes was okay, but a little bit bit, bit dull. Bit bit, mm. bit bit boring, I thought. And then almost instantly it clicked into gear and the final 12 minutes were absolutely rocking. It was just wonderful. Really, really good. So many amazing moments. Really awesome, you know, aerials from a, a couple of the guys in particular, obviously Neville with his red arrow. The, the I really enjoyed the sharpshooter as you were talking about in Iran, and I like the fact that Neville stopped his hand from tapping out. And I had I had noticed the the obvious <laughs> flaw in this <laughs> particular tactic. But n- n- in fairness, Tyler Breeze didn't know it either because otherwise he'd have well, uh,
2: the other hand, wouldn't he? <laughs> well, it's, it's because he's too sexy.
3: Um, and I re- and I agree with you, all, man. I really like the end because it did lead really well to what will come in the next takeover. <laughs> it was a basically Sami Zayn hasn't actually lost this match; he just hasn't won it because Neville's pinned Tyson Kidd. But it, but what it means is that we can now go to the match between those two in a singles bout where Sami Zayn will get his big chance and will ultimately come up trumps with that particular chance. So the match was really good for me. You've, you've covered it really well, Tom, actually. I think you, your um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. sum up was excellent. <laughs> so I, I, there's not too much more I can add. But, yeah, I, I thought it was a really good match, a really high-end match to the show and i guess another sort of uh, example really of, of where nxt was kind of getting it right ultimately which was in the main event which is as i've said many times the most important place the one issue i've got with it and i already commented on this earlier on in the show how many times do they talk about neville being the greatest champion in the history of nxt oh. Rene Young must have said it about four times. I was like, for fuck's sake, you've been around for a year. Like, there's only been two or three champions. Like, fucking hell, mate. Like, what is wrong with you? I just. Who it is just... it?
2: It's Seth Rollins, Bo Dallas, and. Big, Big E. Oh, and, Big, and e. Big Edward, yeah. Yeah.
3: So, but I was just like, for fuck's sake, like, start making out that this is some huge achievement it's it's not you haven't existed for very long stop saying in the history of nxt you
2: you hate gary neville don't you <laughs> I, don't, I don't
3: hate i hate gary i would hate gary neville if he kept saying after three years of playing for manchester united <laughs> that this was his the, the best season he'd had in the history uh, of his career
2: this is the best season i've ever had
3: no your are steve bruce impression's much better So that is the end of the show. Thank fuck for that. Let's give our ratings out of 10, our thoughts on the show, our MVP and our match of the night. Let's start with you, old man. You're looking very tired right now, mate.
2: No, to be fair, I'm not, actually. I was mulling over my comments because it's it's a real tough one because there were three actual matches on this. Tag team opener, the women's match and the main event. And they are good stuff. Uh, Good stuff. But there is 45 minutes in the middle that is turgid. And all it feels like is it feels like an episode of NXT. And I kind of the reason why I was looking so serious and possibly aroused was that I was I was judging this when I wrote my notes after I watched it as if this were a pay-per-view. This isn't a pay-per-view, this is a network exclusive type deal of uh, an arm of WWE that's effectively been in existence, as you've said a couple of times, for a year. And then I was like, you know what, actually, that's all right, I'll take that. I take three good matches on any pay-per-view, to be honest. And I think I was holding it to the standard that they'd set with NXT TakeOver Brooklyn and to a lesser extent NXT TakeOver Chicago as well. So I'm giving this a 6 out of 10. And I was mulling over whether to give it a 7. You know what? I am. I'm going to give it a 7. Because I think the 6 is unfair because there are three good matches. The match of the night for me is the main event. And the MVP is Tyler Breeze. Great promo video, great entrance, magnificent tantrums in the ring when he, he does a little mm. sequence where he does three high impact moves on each of the combatants in the Fatal 4-way and he tries to cover, I think it's Sami Zayn and Neville in turn and he throws a great tantrum then he does it again. And he's also the one clearly defined character on the show that I can see where he's got Something about it. Well done, Tyler. Please come I, back.
3: Just a question on Tyler Breeze being your MVP, uh, old man. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you made Tyler Breeze's selfie stick your MVP. Do you want to make Tyler Breeze's tantrums the MVP of this particular show?
2: No, I feel like I'd be doing him a disservice because his selfie stick was beautiful. Uh, work of art. And it also got involved in the match because um Jushin Thunder Liger used it. And made me laugh with it. So that's why that was MVP. Tyler Breeze deserves it standalone. His hand that holds the phone will be included in the MVP. It's not just his torso.
1: Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go with my match of the night. I only think I'm going to go with the tag match at the beginning. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I had a good time. I did really like the uh, main event, but I must admit, I watched that whilst I was trying to get my daughter to go to sleep. <laughs> so it may, have tainted, it may have tainted my memory of of it, if I'm being honest. There was, there was uh, some some external things going on outside of me just watching the match. I think my overall score I think is that is a six. It's going to be a six. So it was fine. I, I I didn't mind it. It was okay. It kind of served its purpose, um, but there was nothing too too impressive about it. And I'm going to put my MVP of the night to oh, this is a tough one. I'm going to give it to, to Renee Young for that magnificent joke about Wayne Rooney's hair replacement treatment and the fact that she's playing with her hair after the uh, after the revealing of Marcus's boldness. <laughs> so there you go, Renee Young. Wow. What a, miss, what a miss, Mox.
3: My MVP is Tyson Kidd for the sharpshooter for what was, I thought, a very good performance in the main event and also his earlier promo, which I really enjoyed as well and took me by surprise because I hadn't realised he was actually a heel going into the show my master night is the main event because i thought it was very very good in the end um after a dull first half i think it really kicked into gear and became something very good i'm tempted to almost correct my rating because i feel like i should bring this rate the average down simply because you guys have rated it higher than i thought you would i'm gonna give it a six though because that's what i had originally written down because i think it is a perfectly acceptable show it's not i don't think is spectacular anyway it's not particularly exciting but it does the job to your point old man about it feeling like just an episode of nxt ultimately it really is just an episode of nxt i got a feeling in fact that it just replaced the weekly show for that week it was just an extended version with a special name so yeah i don't um and of course it was live which the weekly shows weren't so i, I think in truth this is really just an extended special edition of the regular show really. So there's that to take into account. But yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was fine. Nothing spectacular but but not nothing to dislike either. Mm. So just a couple more bits of business to clear up. Um first of all, before we get to this week's game, I wanted to also point you in direction of the True Penny show, which I was lucky enough to be invited onto recently to celebrate the seventh anniversary of the podcast. As we took a deep sure, dive. where the
2: fuck's our invite? Yeah fucking cunt James. What's he playing at? <laughs>
3: God, at least let me do the plug first.
2: So I can get- no, <laughs> no. He, he was a nice guy. I take it all back.
3: <laughs> we took a deep dive into the general state of professional wrestling today, including the state of the swearing that goes on in this show. Sometimes this is <laughs> quite horrific. To um, so give that a listen. Shut,
1: shut the fuck just, up. To be honest, old man, we would have contributed nothing to that. <laughs> I think, and I think James knew that. I mean, that, I, think, I mean, you yeah, know, we'd correct. have been, we'd have been like, it's just. Fucking shit, it's not it's shit, is it? What are yeah. you doing? Fucking <laughs> us, everything's shit because we only watch WWE, so we'd be like, by contrast, we're like, all the wrestling I watch is
2: fucking shit because the only wrestling that we watch is WWE, so yeah. it would, would have been. Would yeah, have poor old James would have been there. Oh, I watched this great Japanese show. And I was like Japan, yeah, that foreign <laughs> muck. I know, I, I know that. Yeah, I
1: know, I know that American wrestling's foreign, but you know what I mean. <laughs>
3: <laughs> bias against non-english speaking countries
2: <laughs> it's ridiculous
3: okay so it's time for the game and old man i believe you are our host this week so what okay, i we am
2: got? Right then, lads we've covered an nxt show and you know what during this show there were some people talking commentators i think they're referred to oh no so what i am looking for is i'm looking for nxt commentators now, unfortunately, the only list I could find that was completely comprehensive covers the initial stuff as well. So there are some. Go careful around that. I will give you a warning around that. So it runs from February twenty third, twenty ten, to the present day.
3: Are you saying we're allowed to name people from the original NXT?
2: You are, yeah, but I don't. I don't want you to get hung up on that because some of the names, uh, like <laughs> yeah. So, February 23rd, 2010, to so the present day, there are
3: 400,000 people.
2: <laughs> 26. One for every fortnight in a year.
3: I can give you six.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, let's go Tom first.
3: Uh, Tom Phillips. Tom Phillips. He's bloody right. Uh, Byron Saxton. Sexy Saxton.
2: Uh, Renee Young. Renee Yee. Uh, Rich Brennan. Richie B. Uh,
1: Moira Ranello. Ranella, Ranella Maro,
2: Maro. Yeah, so they always say Ronello. It's actually Ranella I found out it making this No, Mamma Mia
3: Corey Graves
2: Corey Graves, so good they named him once uh, Nigel McGuinness Nigel
3: Nige I can feel that we're already um, Running low on these, well certainly I am uh, Wade Barrett
2: Wadey Baz, correct, currently Commentating Good, I'm glad Busters. that was, there was a question mark I against that one because so I wasn't sure. Uh, Beth Phoenix. Beth Phoenix. Correct. Also currently commentating. So all I've got now are question marks. Mm. <laughs> and I've mm. got a feeling... Well, I can tell you now no question marks are commentating on NXT. <laughs> Tom wins.
3: I've got a feeling that on the original one, or one of the versions of the original ones, Percy Watson might have been a
2: commentator. Uh, Showtime Percy Watson. Underrated commentator. Correct. I've got...
1: This is a, this is a guess because I know he has done some commentary in the WWE. We've got
2: Senior Joe. Unfortunately no. not.
3: So, I, I haven't got anybody else and I do need to get one because Tom went first.
2: You do. Otherwise, we're going to go on.
3: So, I am going to guess... think it's going to be a big guess here. I am going to go for, on the original series, Chris Jericho. No. No.
2: So continue. <laughs> Until um, one of
3: you guesses... Tell right. you what?
2: <laughs> anyway, that's, this is a first. I I'm the listeners... I've wrote this date down in the history whatever the fucking date is this gives out and they will relive this moment in time this is beautiful
1: how many more have we got left fuck uh, <laughs>
2: 16 fuck sweet me. 16 I am going to go uh, I'm going to go with Willie Regal Willie Regal he's correct oh Tinky is spinning on his chair I assume it's a chair not a giant dildo <laughs> <laughs>
3: God, I seriously, I don't think I've got anyone. Uh, Who's who the fuck are the commentators these days? Oh, all these pricks. Um, I'm gonna just chuck out. No, I honestly don't know. I can't even remember any of the commentators. Chuck someone
2: out, you wimp.
3: uh, Fucking, I honestly, I can't even think of anyone. Um, Triple H, fuck it.
2: Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Dusty Rhodes. Unfortunately, not. So, Tinky, it goes back to you.
3: (laughs) I still haven't got anyone. Uh, how about we go with
1: Jim Ross? Correct. Yeah! <laughs>
2: well, did, he, did he do like a
1: one-off match, like a special match or something?
2: I don't know. He was listed as being with Byron Saxton for how long? So he commentated with Sexy Saxton for two... No, one, two shows. And then he came in with Regal and they did three months. And then they did a little bit out. Yeah. Interesting. Rolling. So... A golden era of NXT, I think we'll all agree. Yeah. But you wait until the fucking... So the names you missed. So Michael Cole, Josh Matthews, CM Punk and Todd Grisham and Matt Stryker. And Jack Corpella.
3: Yeah, right. I remember him, yeah.
2: Yeah. No idea who he is. They were all in the Raw time, is my understanding. Uh, Kevin Owens, did a stint, apparently. Vic Joseph, Big Vic, the man. Alex Riley. Oh, yeah. Brad Maddox. Well, Mad Braddock's. And then we've got three I've never even heard of Jason Albert, Tony Dawson, and Tony Luftman. Is Jason Albert Matt Bloom, do you think? Yes, I think it is. Is it really? I think so. Because those guys, I was writing the list earlier. I was like, who the fuck are these counts? But then I thought, fair play to them. They got out. So, yeah, that's it. Good done- stuff. Congratulations, <laughs> <You're laughs> Tinky. Basically,
3: you stop stop forcing me to guess and you'll win some fucking quizzes because that's about the second or third time that's happened where i basically just been forced into making a guess and ended up winning it. Uh, it's
2: because people. you have that thing in the back end. I do believe that the Triple H commentary was not long after they'd gone live on the USA network, I think it's on, and they had problems getting back from Saudi Arabia. So we had to commentate. Uh, I okay. do believe that that is why
3: Full of Byron Faxton's today, aren't we, old man? Excellent. Well, to be
2: fair, that's speculative. The other one I gave you was pure fact.
3: Well, that is definitely all we've got time for today. Old man, thank you for joining me today.
2: Thank you very much for having me, as always. I say having me, it's R3's thing. So, yeah, your your pleasure, really. But don't worry about all that nonsense. Just remember, Ken Patera.
3: And Tom, thank you for your
1: contributions as well. I just wanted to quickly um, note something. During the show, I ended up kind of somehow stumbling onto a Wikipedia page, and it was a list of uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter awards, and you'll be impressed, old man, I think, to know that the match of the year in 1980, 1980, yeah. uh, was a Texas death match between Bob Backlund and Ken Patera, oh, who no one forgot, cool. but... To take to, to uh, but I don't want to send you on too much of a high note because you're come. Um, most overrated, according to
2: Dave Meltzer in 1980,
1: Mr. Wrestling 2. Oh,
3: don't be having that on, man. To be bad. fair,
2: Mr. Wrestling 2, I believe at this point, that point would have been a 26 year veteran. So, and you know what? Fuck Dave Meltzer. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes.
3: Well, that on that bomb show, we're definitely going to end the show um, because Old Man is off to book some tickets for the German S&M Festival, Oktoberfest. We'll be back again next week. Welcome. Until then, take care.